0: I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Vittorio Fiori on the show today of Poggio Scaletti in Tuscany and Castelluccio in Romagna. Hello, sir. How are you? Fine, thank you. Very nice to have you here. Yeah,
1: thank you. Your
0: That's history uh, working with Sangiovese uh, goes back quite some time, actually.
1: Yeah, my, my profession uh, starts a long, long time ago. In the 90s, I bought uh, my first uh, winery in Tuscany. But uh, I came in Tuscany in the middle of the uh, 70s. In that time, I was a director of uh, Italian Association of Enologists in Milan, and uh, a friend of mine asked me to follow as enologist uh, his winery in uh, in Greven Chianti. So um, the weekend I came there, seventies, in the middle of seventies, it was a completely another world, a viticultural world in Tuscany. The Vineyards were uh, almost abandoned. They planted the new vineyards with 2,800 uh, plants, but after ten years they had 1,500, 1,800. So the production w- was, uh, but the production was still big. B- why? Because they they asked to the, the the plants, the the vines, to produce 10 kilos. Pro- it's it's wine, you know, and so. Uh, of course, uh, the quality of uh, the master was uh, unbelievable down, you know. The climate was not the climate we have now. But most of, of, of all, uh, the mentality was not uh, what mentality we have uh, today, you know. Because in that time, uh, even the, the authority, they, they pushed the producers to plant uh, vineyards to be um, care uh, with a machine to reduce uh, the um, the cost and to produce a lot. Uh, a very like wine, you know, um, able to be sold at very low price. This was the mentality, the, the direction in which uh, everybody went to go. Because the mentality was uh, to say, okay, if I have to make a gift, uh, to my doctor, my advocate, I buy a French bottle of wine and I give it to them. Nobody talked to give a bottle of Italian wine at that, that time. But uh, fortunately, a very important journalist, uh, Luigi Veronelli, starts to, to write uh, about wine in the newspaper. But it was no uh, politically correct uh, to speak about or write about wine. Wine was on the table, was on the bar, was uh, every, uh, everywhere. But a lady could not go in a bar and ask uh, a glass of wine. Uh, no, because it was forbidden. Because what was not, uh, you know... Uh, wasn't
0: a refined, classy thing to do.
1: Exactly, you know. And so the wine, even uh, the editors, they don't want to write about wine. But Veronelli tried step by step to increase the interest of a consumer to read something about wine because the knowledge about wine was very, very low, even in the, in the people. Even because wine was, in the time, like other um, uh, food, very uh, popular. Milk, bread, uh, polenta, wine, all at the same level. A staple. Yes, exactly. Veronelli said, no, we have a potential as all the other people, they, they live in the in the area, in the world, able to produce wine. And so we have to increase our uh, potential. And step by step, I remember, <laughs> because in that time uh, there was uh, no the small producer uh, able to produce high quality wines, even f- for himself. But uh, uh, the 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 small uh, growers uh, they produce wine to drink uh, at the table, not to export, not to sell uh, even in the Italian market. This this uh, job was in the hand of big uh, um, producers or um, cooperatives, you know, and uh, they didn't produce uh, any high quality wines. So Veronelli <laughs> made a paradox and he said uh, the best wine from uh, the industry is uh, much uh, worse than the worst wine from the, the growers. <laughs> and so it was a shock, but uh, we needed a shock, otherwise, then nothing uh, will change, you know. And so when I started to to have the possibility, to have the responsibility to produce uh, wine, I decided, first of all, to change what it was possible to change in the, in, in the vineyard and to change the technology in, uh, in, in, the, in the cellars. But uh, it was uh, much more easy and m- much less uh, expensive to change the technology in the cellars than to change the viticulture. The, the even because the viticulture, uh, apart uh, the investment you have to to make to prepare the soil, to buy the, the vines, and so you have to wait four, six, uh, seven years to have the first return, you know. And so uh, in that moment, uh, we made an analogy, I call it uh, a correction analogy, to correct uh, the nature, because the nature wasn't, uh, not wasn't, a, able to, to produce big wine. We didn't give to the natural the possibility to, to produce a, a, a very good wine. So, uh, starting uh, to, to make a new, new style of wines, because I have to make a, a parenthesis. Uh, in that moment, in the 60s, end of 60s, came the, uh, the regulation about uh, the, the, the DOC, you know, sixty three was the big uh, low, and then uh, starting from sixty six, uh, six and sixty seven, they came uh, the, the the new um, uh, rules for each. Um. But even in that case, uh, they they make a big mistake. Why? Because they started with the mentality. They were sure that what we. Had in that uh, historical moment was the maximum we could make as quality in the wine. You know, it was st- completely stupid. We we went at the uh, level zero, not the level hundred. You know, but they didn't understand, uh, understood that uh, problem, and so they put a lot of rules, and they still are in the in the regulation today with the, the goal to maintain everything like that, you know. The, the whites in Tuscany had to be ma- made uh, with Trebbiano, the Chianti with uh, white grapes in the Chianti. Uh, why? Because uh, the Byron, in uh, 1700, they, they said, uh, but it's not true, because uh, if you read... Uh, uh, really, what uh, Baron um, Ricardo he said, he said, if you want to produce a, a red wine uh, light to, to be uh, ready soon to, to drink, uh, you put uh, white grapes. Otherwise, if you want to, to make a reserva or something to, to live a long, long time, you have to respect 100% Sangiovese. But nobody or <laughs> not all <laughs> the people knows this particular, you know? And this mistake was at the base of the naissance of Super Tuscans. Why? Because nobody recognized themselves in the, in, the, in the law. And so they go out of the law to produce table wine. I remember uh, I was in charge from the, the region of Tuscana to, to make a presentation, wine tasting, and they spend in that time they started to spend a lot i mean uh, we we have uh, we are we had in uh, 80s starting of 80s and the uh, region of toscana spend a lot of money to to promote uh, the wines but i was uh, charged to go for instance uh, in japan in, in the united states in germany norway, norway but the wine uh, they Give to me to present was uh, the wine from the cooperative, the wine from the the friend of uh, the poly- politic, uh, the wine, and I said no. Don't tell me to 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 present this wine because uh, I remember one time I was in in Tokyo with uh, um, a functionary of uh, the region, the Toscan the Toscan region, and we tested the wine before the testing. And we said no, we cannot. Uh, uh, present wine like that, so we went to uh, a shop you know take in Tokyo and we buy with our money because the uh, reg- region didn't <laughs> give back the money we, we bought uh, three bottles of sasikaya and I don't remember probably Tignanello or something like that <laughs> and it was a uh, successful big success yeah. big success you know then when we came back we said to the region no, you have to make a filter before uh, a public filter. I, I, I don't want to be the responsible for the choice. You know, you make uh, um, a wine tasting. Everybody could uh, participate, and only the wines over a certain point they can uh, benefit of the public money. You know, and it was a uh, successful. No one more in the world uh, could uh, uh, say something negative about uh, the, the, the Tuscan wines uh, in this uh, promotion uh, we made. But the, prob- the problem of uh, the Super-Tuscan was a big problem because uh, uh, nobody wanted to, to be inside in the DRC because it was not uh, profitable, you know. And so... Uh, Remaining outside of uh, the D.O.C. gave the possibility to use uh, other kind of varieties, new varieties. I call new varieties. You you can read uh, French varieties: uh, Cabernet, Merlot, uh, Syrah, Petit Verdot, uh, and those wines. The wines able to to bring to the producer enough money to start to. Invest in the vineyards, in the cellar, in the technology, in the enologists. Even because the the, the the figure of the enologists was not very known, you know. Why? Because the enologists, uh, until uh, that moment, uh, uh, went only in the, in the big uh, big wineries. They, they had the, the possibility to pay them, you know, to, to give the salary. And in that time was very important the figure of uh, a consultant. I, w- I started to be consultant in 64. I, th- I think maybe uh, I'm the first consultant <laughs> in uh, the technology in Italy. In north of Italy, I was uh, in Piemonte, close uh, Novara, in that area. And I, one day I said, Ma- why I have to work only for one winery?" Uh, I can give uh, suggestions to many wineries. They spend, uh, each spend less, less money. Me, I can uh, obtain a very good uh, <laughs> profit. And so I started with uh, six, uh, seven, eight uh, different uh, wineries. And uh, when I came in Tuscany, I started again to be a consultant. And we went only three after two or three years in the eighties, Franco Bernabei, uh, Maurizio Castelli, and me, uh, in, as consultant, because the bigger uh, the bigger um, uh, is like uh, Chaky, like uh, Antinori, of course, uh, uh, Frescobaldi, they had uh, inside an analogist. You know, the lack of Antinori was the. Mind of uh, Piero because Piero uh, understood that uh, in Italy was uh, almost impossible to find uh, the right mentality to increase uh, the quality of the wine, and so he went. Uh, he had he had uh, um, uh, Giacomo Takis already in 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 force, you know, but uh, he went to France to bring Pinot. I mean, Pinot came. Uh, in silent, nobody knew that. <laughs> and Peynaud, of course, uh, went uh, the responsible to introduce the Cabernet in, uh, in bulgary uh, the use of, of small barrels, uh, French techniques, Bordeaux techniques. And that was uh, was uh, the key to win, you know.
0: So, green harvest and more ripening, too? Was uh, that Peinot Of course, yeah, okay. of
1: course. The team, uh, Peynaud. And, uh, and Giacomo Takis, a uh, very clever man, uh, too. He understood immediately what uh, was possible to bring out from, from uh, Emile Peinot, because Emile Peinot was a Vulcan of ideas uh, in order to... Because Peinot was not a, a professor of a university, studying to be, become a professor. He was a, a cellar master, practitioner. And he started in the evening to become a professor. And so he passed through all the steps to produce wines, all the problems we could have in the cellar, in the cellar, in the vineyard. And so it was really a, a person able to transmit global information about wine, you know, because maybe a professor is able to, to aid in a... Specific sector, but uh, that doesn't have uh, the, the total view of the production uh, process, you know.
0: But let me ask you what was yeah. Giacomo Takis like? I mean, as a person, what was
1: he like? He was uh, a very clever man. He was an oenologist uh, studied in, uh, in Piemonte. He came from Piemonte and um, he came in, in Tuscany in the uh, 60s. In the same time, uh, when uh, Emile Penault came here. And uh, he and Penault started to, to experiment uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, first of all uh, in uh, Bolghen, Sassicaia, because uh, Soraya didn't, didn't exist. Uh, and why? Because uh, the family, the owner of uh, Sasicaya, the de uh, della Rocchetta, are uh, relatives uh, with Antinori, and and so um they said to the Antinoris family if you want to use our soils to plant vineyards, please do that and so piero uh, giacomo and uh, pino they made uh, this uh, this new project i remember i came here <laughs> as uh, Director of the uh, Italian Association of, of Enologists, we made a, a, a meeting with the enolo- Tuscan enologist, uh, with uh, Giacomo Takis, and he very, <laughs> I, I don't know in, in English, I would say timido. Timido means uh, a little bit afraid, you know? He uh, gave us to taste uh, this experiment called, uh, probably the name was not uh, yet uh, found, then it became sasikai, <laughs> But it was a, already a, a very important uh, impression about uh, about that.
0: So it sounds like there was a generation of change, really. There was yeah. something happening. And also in the ownership model, right? Like sharecropping was moving exactly. away.
1: Exactly. People... That was uh, very important. It was time in which, uh, I mean, uh, the 80s, in which many uh, people from uh, industry, probably people coming from uh, countries, they went to, to Milan or to Rome, uh, and they made a lot of uh, money with industry, and they wanted to reinvest uh, uh, money in the, in, the, in the field. So they came back, and, and they, buy, they bought, uh, destroyed uh, properties, uh, abandoned the properties uh, with uh, a very very uh, low uh, investment, but they invest a lot uh, to rebuild uh, to make uh, new sellers, uh, wineries. With uh, that, mo- that time was no uh, so so uh, expensive like uh, today. But uh, they introduce uh, stainless steel tanks, uh, they introduce uh, press, uh, filter, and the figure of analogies. Because the knowledge became more and more important to guide uh, the the process of, of production quality wines, and so we uh, became after in the '90s, in which uh, we went uh, on the top of uh, the uh, economy was uh, very good. Uh, the The other markets. Most importantly, United States markets. It was uh, some import uh, from uh, from the states to start to imp- to uh, import uh, um, wines, uh, high quality wines from small uh, wineries, and uh, so uh, American market uh, started to know uh, this uh, reality. So in that time, uh, uh, a lot of. Uh, 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 Oh yeah. I said before a lot of uh, people having money uh, invested in, uh, in in our uh, activities, viticultural and, and all this, uh to make new vineyards, uh, to to use uh, the the new um, discovery of uh, science. For instance, in in the case of Sangiovese, we saw. That in the end of the 90s, the consortium of Chianti Classico uh, made a project of uh, um, selection of clones for Sangiovese. And we passed from uh, 20 clones before and 130 today. And uh, this was very important, not only in order to increase the quality of each clone, but to find also the best position. In order of uh, plantation, for each clone or uh, the best clone for each position, you know, the quality in general was uh, in in uh, increasing. You know, at that point uh, was very important also the the function of uh, the, the climate change, even because we studied the, the new clones in order. With the climate we had in that years, in that time, you know. But uh, I mean, what was the goal for the Sangiovese? What to anticipate the maturation? Because in October, when uh, became the 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 maturation in the time of Sangiovese started to to rain, and so we had uh, many vintages uh, bad uh, because of the, the rain or we had to, to split a lot of products to, against uh, botrytis, because the rain uh, means botrytis. And so we had very good clones able to be mature before, to resist the disease. Uh, and the environment was uh, much better, with less uh, disease, uh, with a better climate, and we today, of course, uh, we have to recognize that new varieties uh, when planted as a Chardonnay or a Sauvignon Blanc and so, and they, of course, uh, this kind of varieties are uh, maturation, more uh, anticipated in comparison to the reds. But uh, today we started to, to harvest uh, even in August, you know, Fifteen years ago, thirty years ago, it was no 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 one could think to to harvest in, in, in August or in September. You know?
0: So it was a combination of the climate change, the clones changed, and the farming changed. And exactly. when you add those three things together, they add up to a lot more ripeness than any just one of them.
1: Exactly. With other problems, uh for instance uh, the problem in the Reds today is. Uh, to achieve the right point of uh, polyphenols uh, maturation, uh, avoid to have uh, too much sugar, because the, the polyphenol maturation becomes after the uh, sugar maturation. And so, uh, waiting for the polyphenols uh, maturation, we have the the increasing of uh, of uh, the, the sugars, and uh, that uh, means that the authority the UAE made a law which permit to de alcoholize the, the wine because uh, it's really a problem today. It's uh, frequent uh, to find uh, new uh, wine, uh, wines with uh, 16, uh, 15.5 uh, degrees and it's impossible to, to put a wine like that in, in bottle.
0: But so tell me, how did you end up in Greve in 92 with your own property? I mean, what happened that you started moving from <laughs> consulting a to someone who has his own farm?
1: OK. Uh, as you can imagine, working so many years uh, in consulting job, uh, I asked me why I, I, <laughs> I could not have uh, my own uh, winery. So I, I went to see this, uh, this property. It was so nice. It was there, the, uh, a vineyard of uh, three hectares uh, planted in 1925. So I was in love with them, very nice position. Uh, everything uh, was okay. Fiore family buy th- this property. And so we started at the beginning with five hectares of vineyards. Yuri was still in Burgundy to, to study. That's your son? Me, my son, yes. Who works with you now at exactly. Poggio Scaletti. At and, uh, and he came uh, in, in, the, in the So I, I bought the, the, the winery. We started uh, for the beginning with the Carbonione from the, the very old uh, vineyard. The
0: 19, 1929,
1: right? Exa- exactly and which was one of the first uh, vineyard planted after phylloxera destruction because the phylloxera destruction became an, at the end of 18 uh, 1800 and then uh, in uh, 19 uh, f- fa- fa- uh, 15 became the world War one and so uh, every uh, all the men uh, went to, to the, the, the war and uh, and then in that time uh, the French uh, universities uh, found uh, the solution for the phylloxera, And so uh, we started to, to bottling uh, Il Carbonione because I, des- I decided to call um, wine Il Carbonione. And the first uh, vintage was 92. Uh,
0: it's really good. That's like uh, my the, favorite carbon you I really like the night too
1: oh yeah, and this was a very difficult vintage because started to to rain at the beginning of uh, October and uh, until christmas was uh, rain, but uh, we went a very small quant- surface quantity and so in the calling uh, relatives and friends. <laughs> in two days we we had the, the, the grapes in the, the cellar. And so we started uh, to this adventure. Then in the years uh, after came uh, Yuri uh, with me. Uh, I had the possibility to enlarge the, the winery. Now we, uh, we have uh, 15 hectares in total.
0: So what about the Il Carvagnone, though? How did you make it, you know?
1: So, in that time, uh, no one, uh, one writer uh, gave more than 92, 93 points to San Giovese. The Merlot, 100 points <laughs> to uh, Of course, uh, the, the situation in Chianti Classico era is not, uh, is not very good because uh, the term Chianti is uh, a penalty. Because uh, in the mind of uh, the people, Chianti is popular wine. And so they don't understand why they have to pay 12 euros, 13 uh, 13, 13, 13 euros, etc. Started three three or four years ago to propose to the um, uh, Consorcio Chianti Classico to uh, maintain uh, the Classico very small, but to enf- emphasize uh, the name of the village, uh, Lamole, Ruffoli, uh, Panzano, or the other there, but uh, it's a big uh, war because uh, why? Because the the negociants, they don't don't like that because they cannot have uh, 10 labels. So, so uh, they buy Chianti Classico, and they call it Chianti Classico, you know. So uh, the consumer knows immediately if it's a commercial or is a producer, you know, because the producer call it with the name of the, his area, and the commercial could not do that.
0: So at Poggio Scoletti, Yeah, when you do the Il Carbonione, yeah. what do you ferment in? In... Uh,
1: Tanks, no, not so large, uh, seven thousand liter size, and uh, we we tried at the beginning to uh, to maintain uh, the um, identity of each vineyard, uh, uh, and then uh, in uh, after the malolactic fermentation in, November, in December, normally. Uh, my son and, and and me we are going to taste the wines to look at the analysis and so and we decide uh, first of all uh, if the carbonione produ- production is okay for the vintage and then to take uh, the the best uh, uh, lots uh, we found uh, in all the the the, the vintage you know?
0: and you said that you have to be a little careful with the anthocyanins of Sangiovese especially in the beginning, the process.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, there was a, a, a researcher, uh, Rocco Di Stefano, very important um, professor of the University of Torino, and uh, he um, found that uh, during the first uh, steps of fermentation, uh, there is a, a, a compound uh, called uh, acetaldehyde, which is able to uh, connect it with uh, anthocyan. And uh, this connection uh, become um, a substance uh, which fall down. So uh, he said, uh, uh, because of uh, the uh, uh, to release the anthocyanin in the must is very easy at the, at the beginning because uh, the anthocyan are s- soluble in water not in al- not even in alcohol but uh, in water uh, they they come out from uh, from from grapes immediately so if we uh, wait uh, a certain not time but a certain activity uh, fermentation activity uh, when uh, the yeast the was able to uh, transform around uh, 10% of sugar, after that, uh, the um, acetaldehyde uh, transforms, you know, and so there is no more the risk of this combination. So after uh, this uh, time, uh, during wheat which uh, uh, they is uh, consume ten uh, percent of sugar. We don't touch the the tank. We don't make a pump over. Or so after that, uh, we start with uh, the, uh, the restage. The restage, you know, is uh, to transfer the, the the must, the liquid in another tank, leaving the the skins in the same, and then putting back the, the mast over the skins with an hydraulic uh, movement, not a mechanic movement, to avoid any mechanic uh, action on the skins, because any mechanic action uh, produces solid parts in the mast before and the wine after, and that uh, means uh, some vegetal note uh, which could uh, remain uh, in uh, in in the wine at the finish. You know, another way to obtain uh, a good extraction is uh, to um, to cool the the grapes after crushing the grapes uh, until uh, ten degrees, and to maintain this temperature for ten days, uh, making a pump over twice a week, and then. Uh, we leave the temperature to to increase until 15, 16 degrees, and then we put is and the fermentation starts, and we obtain. We made at the beginning a comparison with the same grape in two different tanks. And the the system with the maturation called maturation had the finish in the wine more than 30 uh, percent of color in comparison to the other.
0: So it sets the color better.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So what's been the difference doing Sangiovese in Tuscany versus Sangiovese in Romagna? Because you also have Castelluccio
1: in Romagna. It's a question of uh, climate, because of uh, in uh, in Romagna the climate is uh, higher than in, in Tuscana in the time of uh, of harvest, starting from September. The temperature there is much, much higher than in, in Tuscany. So the uh, sugar concentration is much, much more. And uh, probably I find uh, the Sangiovese of Romania more round, not so rich in, uh, in, in, in tannin. Uh, even in the, the acidity is not, not so high. Romania, San Giovese, much more uh, soft, uh, much more round. Uh, Anyway, it's more difference.
0: But it seems like a big difference in the market, you know, between...
1: And in the market, uh, uh, play a role uh, the region, the name of the region. All the production of uh, Tuscany is high, even if if it's uh, not very good. All the production of uh, Romania is unknown, as uh, people uh, look at uh, like uh, <laughs> a poison. <laughs> no wine writer uh, are uh, writing uh, good uh, scores uh, for wine of uh, Romania, but not uh, not only Romagna. Marca is the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Umbria, same thing, uh, Lazio. In Italy, if you have to buy a winery, please Toscana or Piemonte. Don't spend money. <laughs> and Toscana and Piemonte, they have uh, people like Antinori, like uh, Frescobaldi, like Cesare um, uh, della Rocchetta. So, who made the image of, of, uh, of, of the Italian wine. In Piemonte, we have Gaia, we have Mascarello, we have uh, a lot of uh, people uh, able to sell the wine more than 100 euro per bottle, you know. Of course, this remains in, in, in the mind of, of the people.
0: But uh, you also make white wine in
1: Romagna, right? Yes. yes. Uh, a wine called Ronco de Re, in that case, at the end of the seventies, yeah, seventies, uh, I received a, a a call phone. Uh, Good morning, I'm uh, Gianvittorio Baldi, and I, I I'm a, a director, movie director, and uh, I bought a, a property in Romania because uh, I'm. I was born there but uh, even i i i work in, uh, in Rome i was in, in Rome too. and uh, he was uh, uh, he has the mentality f- for new uh, project to find uh, uh, one of the most uh, important uh, elements uh, in in that job you know for instance uh, he went to to university to ask uh, who, who's the most uh, clever uh, student you have in agronomy? The professor said that. And so, before uh, laurea, uh, he asked to plant the, the vineyard. In architecture, the same was uh, in Rome. To, uh, he, he built a very nice uh, house made by uh, Renzo Piano who was a student at the time, you know. He called me, we met us, and uh, he, he said to me, I have uh, around uh, seven or eight hectares of vineyards uh, planted by this uh, young uh, agronomist. And I I know that uh, you are a good enologist, uh, uh, and uh, I would like to, to make uh, the best wine of, uh, of uh, Romania. Okay, we can try. And so he, uh, already in that time, he made uh, single vineyards, even as if the property was uh, very small. And uh, in fact, uh, the, the different wines uh, are called uh, uh, Ronco del Re, Ronco de Ginestre, Ronco de Ciliegi. And on the label, there is the picture of the, the vineyard where, where it's produced. And... Uh, apart from uh, Sangiovese, Giovese, uh, he told me that he had uh, a very s- small surface, less than uh, half hectare, in which he, he told me he planted uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And so I said, okay, but in that time it was you no know, the seller of, or very, was very pioneer, you know. <laughs> and, um, And so I said, okay, we we can try to obtain a good uh, white wine. So for a couple of wine of of uh, of year was impossible because one time uh, I I, uh, arrived too late in in the vineyard, so the the concentration of sugar was too high. Another time, I don't remember uh, what happened. Anyway, the third time, I I was able to, to pick up the grapes in the right moment but in that uh, year the total quantity was very very low For, from a half on a half hectare, we obtained uh, no more than uh, 150 liter of wine 150 liter <laughs> and so i said okay anyway we can uh, look what what we obtained so we put the, this uh wine in three Big, uh, big bottles, damigiane, fifty liters, and they uh, said, "Okay, put this uh, damigiane in a in a room without door, only deck, but without door." And then came the the winter snow because uh, there is, uh, the, the snow comes uh, a lot, and so I I went back uh, in the springtime. I went there. I I made uh, work and so and uh, in the end uh, the the workers said to me, uh, Mr. Fiore, you remember the three damigiane? The damigiane? Oh my God, I I forgot. <laughs> anyway, I said, okay, we can give give it to as gift to the workers, but before it's better taste. Maybe maybe is uh, vinegar. And so he brought to me a glass with this wine. No, 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 no. I said, no, please, this wine could put in bottle because we can give a thousand lire as a gift to the workers, but uh, this must, must go in bottle. And so I bought uh, a small bottling uh, system with a siphon and uh, all open, on uh, plain air. <laughs> And so we put the bottle on the table, the bottle, the Damigiane on the table, and down we
0: uh, siphoned for it off.
1: Gravity, <laughs> we uh, full the uh, 200 bottles, more or less. And it was very, very good result.
0: What did it taste like?
1: Oh, very rich, very uh, round, good body. Uh, not a taste uh, of Sauvignon Blanc, not a not characteristic of a, a tomato or something like this. Uh, anyway, after a month, we brought two bottles and we went to Luigi Veronelli. And uh, I said, uh, Gino, I have a surprise for you. Oh, I, I didn't uh, tell the, the history. And, uh, you didn't he tell didn't him, t- this is
0: the wine I forgot. <laughs> you didn't tell him that? <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> I almost gave this to the workers. <laughs>
0: How do you like it? Yeah, it's good.
1: <laughs> and he said, after he tasted the he remains, uh wondering. And he said, you have to sell this wine no less than 15,000 lire. In that time, in the uh, early 80s, uh, one bottle of Barolo cost 800 lire. So 15,000 lire was uh, an unbelievable price for, for uh, uh, Italian wine. But uh, uh, this mister, the owner, was very, very good uh, marketing uh, mentality. And uh, he was able to to promote this wine and was able to Put uh, this bottle on the table when uh, came uh, Khrushchev one time in uh, official visit in uh, in Italy, and so you know the the, the famous uh, this wine was was uh, very known, uh, and we still uh, produce now, but unfortunately we we had to replant the vine- the vines because uh, it was uh, too old. But we don't obtain the same uh, style uh, of wine. <laughs> anyway, it's a wine very able to live long, 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 long time. We tasted uh, uh, vintages of uh, after twenty years, perfect, fresh, like uh, a wine bottling two years ago. And uh, anyway, it was uh, one of the best. Uh, performance
0: (laughs) how do you see things changing in the next 10 years you know you've been in tuscany for 40 years and you've been in romagna for several years as well how do you see things in the next decade for italian wine and for those two regions
1: well in the next uh 10 years uh we have to consolidate uh our situation we have now because, for instance, we have a big successful of El Brunello di Montalcino, Nobile di Montepulciano. Unfortunately, Chianti Classico is still one of the lower price uh, red wines v- uh, DOCG in Italy. We have to find a solution for that problem because also um, the Chianti Classico area is a uh, is a a cultural a cultural uh, area. Uh, we have uh, Firenze, Siena. We have uh, all the most important situation of the Italian history. And so it's stupid uh, to to have uh, the possibility, the potential to have big big wines uh, and don't uh, don't have uh, the the condition because of the competition we have from other wine, other wines uh, which uh, use the, the, the name uh, and they reduce uh, the importance of of the Chianti classico you know we have to to fade in that direction but generally speaking i think uh, the toscana will remain one of the leader uh, of production good wines uh, in Italy. Piemonte too, the other regions are able to increase uh, their uh, possibility, their potential of quality, but for them uh, it's very difficult to, to create uh, the uh, image uh, which uh, already has uh, Tuscany and Piemonte.
0: Vittorio Fiore has been in Tuscany for over 40 years, in Romagna as well, and he's looking ahead to what could be in the future for Italy as a whole. Thank you very much for being
1: here. Thank you.
0: Vittorio Fiore of Castelluccio in Romagna, Poggio Scaletti in Tuscany, and numerous consulting engagements throughout Italy. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levi Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L-drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the This episode was made possible by VinItaly, the world's largest wine fair, held each year in Verona, Italy.